Hey, hey, son, and hello. Welcome to Nordic Insights, where I introduce you to high-achieving Nordics and Nordic-inspired people with expertise in business, lifestyle, education, innovation, sustainability, travel, and more. I'm your host, Sydney-based Finn Saturauma Spencer. Listen in some tips on Nordic approaches to a happier and more holistic business and personal life. Join me to explore Nordic common sense and trends in this complex world. This podcast is delivered once a month on the first Wednesday. Welcome back to Nordic Insight. Uh, welcome back to 2021. Uh, this is my first podcast for this year. And I'm very excited to have a very special guest, physician and scientist Mina Erman from Singapore. Mina is Finnish scientist and lives and works in Singapore with, with her family. She has very noble course and, and mission in her life. She has profound interest in human health and the ways to improve it and manifested by the desire to prevent and cure chronic diseases. She is a promoter of healthy lifespan with personal choices, and she is a strong believer in the power of nature as an integral part of the holistic well-being of humans. We are part of nature, says Mina. Welcome, Mina. Great to have you as my guest. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. If you, if we start, if you can give a very short introduction of your very impressive career and uh, and very successful career. So, what has your journey to success been like? You started as a GB in Finland. That's that's right. I I went to medical school in in Helsinki, Finland. When I was in medical school, I got interested in research, uh, genetics in particular, because I happened to hear a lecture from a very famous genetic researcher, probably the most famous uh, genetic researcher of Finland, uh, Lena, Lena Peltonen Palotia. And then I, I so desperately wanted to join her lab and uh, do research with her. And so during the time I was in medical school, I, w- I was also working towards my PhD. And I graduated med school from 1999 and, and finished the PhD 2001. So exactly 20 years ago. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, so then I worked in in Finland um, as a primary care physician and also in the emergency room for a couple of years uh, to the graduation. And then I had had a plan to to go and do like um, postdoctoral research abroad for a couple of years. By the time I was finishing my PhD, um, I I met my uh, future husband and uh, he's also from Finland, but he had he had already been um, living in the states. For a couple of years, and he had gotten a faculty position from University of Michigan. And then he suggested to me that why don't you come to Michigan with me since you <laughs> wanted to go abroad? And I thought, okay, well, let's let's go there for a couple of years and let's see how it goes. And I can do research and then you know come back to Finland and you know finish residency, specialize, uh, do the specialization in, in something, and and continue as a clinician. Um, and then, of course, life doesn't go as you planned. So, so we moved to Michigan, and um, and I started working as a research fellow in University of Michigan. So, I switched my PhD thesis was about uh, genetics of obesity, and I couldn't really find uh, like a suitable group research group uh, that time from Michigan that would have studied uh, obesity or genetics of obesity or anything uh, along those lines. Isn't that funny because obesity is such a huge issue in America? I know, but they were like that time, like 20 years ago, there were like particular places that were that were like much more advanced in obesity research, but Michigan was not really on top of it. So, right. Um, but then I, I found a nice group that was studying uh, atherosclerosis or cardiovascular diseases and really nice boss. And, and then, you know, those two years, they turned out to be 10 years mm-hmm. <laughs> that we, we spent in Michigan, Ann Arbor, Michigan. And along came, uh, you know, a couple of children. And I kind of had to bury my plans to become a clinician because with a full-time research job and two children, it was just impossible to study for the U.S. licensing, medical licensing exams. And <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, right. And then I always had the dream, like, okay, we would go to Finland if, 
back to Finland eventually and, and you know, I just uh, do my residency there. And then actually after 10 years, we did return to Finland, but uh, we, we kind of had the back door open still to go back to U.S. if we wanted. But then while in Finland, I was I was doing research there as well again, but kind of started thinking about the residency and, and calling some places. But then my husband was invited to Singapore to give a talk and um, and <laughs> he came back from that trip and they're like, yeah, would you like to move to Singapore? And I was like, <laughs> no, absolutely not. I hate tropical climate. And 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 here we are now for, for almost nine years. So right. <laughs> I, I guess life doesn't always go as you plan so we came here and so we only spent one year in Finland in the in between and now in Asia I've been um, I switched from cardiovascular disease to to diabetes because diabetes is a huge problem in Singapore and in general everywhere in the world and I've been I've been studying pancreatic islets or, or the beta cells that secrete insulin and and diabetes um, with different kind of preclinical models And so I guess the, all these, you know, obesity, cardiovascular diseases and diabetes, they make like a, a, a nice group of chronic uh, lifestyle related diseases that are now plaguing the whole planet and have been ep in epidemic proportions for a long time already, way mm -hmm. before COVID. Yes. <laughs> and COVID is just like bringing all this morbidity of the world actually uh, to the to the forefront again like those that get the the most severe form of covid are those that have the underlying diseases and these chronic diseases yeah the there's so many th good things in western way of living but then there's so many bad things that we uh, we have developed uh, over the years uh, but so you said that you got inspired by You know that there was a, this researcher Lena. Sorry, I forgot her name. Uh, that, Lena Peltonen Palotie. Yeah. Yeah. That was that why you actually chose this field because of her, or did you have reflect your own kind of beliefs and values that you want to kind of have really help to live yourself healthy lifestyle and, and you want to kind of help people in that way? I think. Um, I mean, I come from a family of doc medical doctors. My both parents are medical doctors, so I, I guess we were living kind of healthy life <laughs> in that time when, when I was growing up in um, in the sense that if, if you grow up in a family of doctors and my grandfather was also a medical doctor and I think the lecture that I heard that was during my first year in medical school mm. uh, I, I just got fascinated about genes that was the time that you know I mean, human genome was just coming, you know, there were these great plans of like, someday we will have the sequence of the whole human genome and like the early boom of genetics. And the how she, how this professor presented her lecture, I just, I was just, you know, in awe of how she was, she was so stellar and, and, and like totally different from the old guy, old men professors that medical schools are full of these... <laughs> 60 plus professors that think that they they know it all and and then comes this uh young girl like 40 plus female that is like uh getting, looking really smart and everything it's um so I I guess there was this attraction also like oh wow like and there were rumors like her lab like people really had to work hard but I, I've never been afraid of hard work I guess mm. Mm. And I, I kind of knew that, you know, I, I, I can handle that, whatever it, it, it may be. So, um, yeah, yeah. And, and, and she was she was enthusiastic to take new students to her lab that um, to, were, you know, interested in science and genetics. And, and, and there were just, uh, I think, uh, 35 people working for her at some point. So it was a huge, huge lab. Wow. I have many friends from there, from those yeah. days. Yeah, oh, that's very impressive. Before we kind of talk about more about the Nordic ways of doing things and how Nordicness has influenced your life, I'm really keen to talk about the actual field that you're working in because I got fascinated to when I heard in one of my friends, Tina Rani's podcast, talking about diabetes and I have my own experience. I was dis I discovered that I have pre-diabetes about a year ago And I, it's it wasn't surprise surprise because it's very strong in my family genes, both my dad's and my my mother's side. And even though I've been living pretty healthy lifestyle and I always done sports and exercise, etc., um, unfortunately, it just you know I just got it at the moment. And I'm doing done quite a lot of research and studying about 
how to manage it better and, and nowadays you can actually get rid of it if you if you know a lot of information how to how to do things like fasting and exercising etc etc et so i'm extremely fascinating um the work that you do and so first of all can you tell us uh, i mean diabetes and obesity and all this massive massive problem in our society today and you said that it's a really big problem also in singapore and especially kind of developing pre-diabetes it's quite unknown for many people actually have it and they don't know it have it. it's kind of like this thing that you you'd kind of appears uh, creeps in and you don't actually know that you have it so can you kind of tell us how can you how do you actually develop it and 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 what happens in your body Okay, so in most of the cases, it is related to uh, overweight obesity and physical inactivity. So people are basically eating too much, too often, they're eating junk food, they are not using their muscles. So so this is the problem. And, and they're stressed, they don't sleep. I mean, it's a whole kind of a group of things uh, with modern lifestyle uh, that, is, that is causing this. Uh, because all these different things uh, contribute to the, to the disease uh, pathogenesis or development. So what happens when you're eating uh, is, is that uh, eating too much, not, not actually, you are not uh, expending all the energy that you put into your body. Then you start to accumulate fat tissue, adipose tissue, especially to your uh, waistline. And this so-called belly fat or, or visceral fat is the most toxic fat that you can accumulate in your body. And it causes low-grade inflammation uh, to happen and also insulin resistance. So insulin resistance, uh, the other word, the other word, it's called also prediabetes. So what it means that every time we eat, especially carbohydrates, we need to secrete insulin from our pancreas because the insulin is the hormone that then allows uh, the glucose molecules in the bloodstream to go inside the cell. So away from the blood, inside the cells, the tissues. And if you're eating very often, especially carbohydrate and, and uh, simple sugars, then um, you need to secrete insulin very often and very high amounts to, to bring all this glucose to the tissues away from the bloodstream to prevent hyperglycemia. So, so pancreas and beta cells that secrete the insulin, um, over time, they, they just get tired. They, they are overworking, they're doing whatever. And if you still keep doing that, you are just like... Uh, torturing these beta cells and what happens in the end that your your glucose also because you're gaining weight all the time you you, you need um you're you're probably eating more because you're feeling more hungry especially if you're eating carbohydrates you you your blood sugar goes high and then it comes down very rapidly and this is causing feelings of hunger and and, and tiredness and all kinds of things and this is actually also when your body senses the glucose levels coming down, it, it is a form of stress. And it, it puts on all these kind of alarms in your brains that, oh, I'm, 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 you know, I have to be eating and I'm getting hungry. And, 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 and then you, if you're stressed, that also increases your cortisol, that also contributes to your feelings of, I have to be eating and kind of soothing this stress. So it's, there's a, it's, a, it's a multifaceted thing. But anyway, so this, this insulin resistance develops because you're constantly pumping the insulin. The insulin levels are really high. You need higher and higher levels in the end to bring all that glucose down. And in the end, the body be just becomes insensitive to all that insulin. Even though it has been really, really high levels, you still cannot, the, the effect of insulin is not there anymore. So the glucose uh, stays high, even though you're pumping tons of insulin. This is then when the real uh, diabetes is, is now kicking in that your insulin is not effective anymore and uh, the glucose uh, uh, is kept high all the time. It cannot uh, lower anymore. The thing with um, you know, eating less carbohydrates, one benefit is that you don't have to secrete insulin so much because the blood glucose is not rising so high after eating. If you eat protein or, or good unsaturated, polyunsaturated fats, or I mean any fats, but, but basically <laughs> the, the healthier fats are better, mm. uh, then you don't have to secrete that much insulin. Also, if you don't eat that often, you don't have to secrete insulin. So these are the ways, two ways to, to uh, save your pancreas, save your beta cells, uh, overuse and exertion overdrive uh, 
and and these are these are beneficial in any stages of you know pre before diabetes pre diabetes diabetes. So actually, before discovery of insulin about hundred years ago, the doctors were treating you know the type one diabetes, the juvenile diabetes. It's an autoimmune diseases so, uh, disease. So the beta cells are destroyed by your own immune system. So it's, in other words, it's the insulin-dependent uh, diabetes. But this, uh, this early way to treat these patients was to put them on a ketogenic diet to keep, them, keep all the carbohydrates out of their diet because that was the way that the body could actually still get energy, but they didn't need uh, insulin so, that, so these patients could survive. Otherwise, they would, they would just die and waste mm. away. When all these really negative effects starts happening, as I understand, your intestines, you know, they collect more fat, and you know, it uh, affects your thinking and your sleep and all that. So, what are these kind of side effects that you know happens in your body? So, so for the with visceral obesity, and and actually, usually the the people with modern lifestyle, they they sleep too little. They have constant stress, whether they realize it or not. There's a lot of things that then come together with this, uh, you know, stressed, uh, sleep-deprived, uh, overeating phenotype. I mean, this overeating may be related to uh, for, for many for, to a lot of things, but you know, sleep deprivation uh, increases your uh, craving for you know all these kind of junk food, uh, sugary, fat, salty stuff. And stress also, uh, you know, uh, some people react by eating more, some people eat, eating less. But the stress reaction in itself uh, is, um, if you, you, you have to think about the stress as it was designed for uh, human species in the evo- during the evolution. It was designed to, uh, you know, fight or flight. You uh, come to encounter a lion or whatever it is, this predator, you either have to start fighting for your life or, you, or you're running away for, for your life that immediate reaction that starts to kick in, you know, your heart starts to beat faster. You stop digesting because that's not the, the, the way we want to do uh, when you're running or fighting. Mm. And then um, the, the liver that stores your um, stores, a lot of glucose in it, like a storage glucose called glycogen, the liver starts to release this, uh, uh, the glycogen is, is then cut to glucose molecules. So you, you have a rapid source of energy in your blood. So the glucose is released to your blood. So this in its, the stress reaction itself increases your blood sugar. Plus then kicks these, these stress hormones in, you know, the adrenaline, noradrenaline, norepinephrine, uh, norepinephrine, the other names of it, and, and then cortisol. And cortisol um, as a hormone will direct actually the extra energy if you don't use it it will be deposited on your waist right and um, it also antagonizes or or um, impairs the insulin as a as a hormone so you need to secrete more insulin if you have a lot of cortisol uh, in blood so they had so you cannot really it, it's really like i said a very multifaceted reaction that happens Mm. And and with all these different things that uh, with the modern lifestyle is bringing to us, it's um, it's just making things. It's like a vicious cycle. Mm. Yeah. Also, you know, with stress reaction, uh, you are like more prone to um, have a, like a blood clotting factors in your um, circulation because you know the body prepares itself to wound healing and things like this. Assuming that you, you've got a wound. Uh, also, like like short short term, this stress reaction is really nicely, beautifully designed uh, because it will actually boost the immune system. Also, because mm. you are likely to get pathogens to your wound and and things like this. So so you better heal that, repair the tissue, and then he the heal the you know if you can encounter pathogens, you you can fight against. But if all this becomes chronic stress, uh, then it goes awry, and 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 really uh, it's just. Uh, um, immune system uh, is suffering from this overdrive. Also, you know, if you constantly have high blood pressure and a very rapid heart rate, that's very consuming for your cardiovascular system. And then this uh, glucose is up all the time. Very, you know, you you basically have a pre-diabetes. So the long-term consequences of stress are are just uh, horrendous. Right. 
How how do you then know if you have it? Is it that you start feeling that you are a bit overweight and you know what your waist is kind of getting <laughs> a bit too thicker and and so what what do you what, where do you know how do you know and what 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 do you supposed to do with it? Yeah, I mean if you if you have central obesity, visceral um, obesity or, or belly fat, and if you feel tired, usually people are just very very tired and and not really. Um, feeling energetic or, or uh, if, they're, if they don't have a very good sleeping habits, if, if they're suffering with their sleep, uh, all these different factors, um, it, it's a really good advice to go and check your uh, blood glucose uh, with the doctor and, and uh, you know, measure your blood pressure uh, because that also is one factor of this kind of metabolic syndrome, this triad um, that comes in with, you know, high, high blood pressure, high lipids and high glucose so so these usually go together with obesity and 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 with uh with a lot of these um, other you know chronic stress and and sleep deprivation if, you, if you're eating if you know that you are not eating healthy then i would really recommend you go and check yeah. check these parameters if you think you're really healthy but still not feeling good then yeah go check yeah. even if you feel healthy you should maybe probably go and check <laughs> It's not all doom and gloom because today's you know research shows that there are ways to first well first of all prevent it, but they actually if you got pre diabetes or even diabetes, there are ways to kind of uh, get yourself back in track and get your body working much better again. So, can you tell us now, based on recent re- recent research, that what are the ways that you can actually first of all, prevent it. And then if you have pre-diabetes or even diabetes, there are ways actually that you can get rid of it. Physical activity is something that is really, really important because muscle tissue uh, uh, is, is a huge contributor to our health because it, it, it can use up the glucose from our bloodstream. Um, it, 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 um, it, it can store the glucose and uh, it can use it, the extra glucose. So it's really important that you use and build your muscles, like uh, whatever type of, I mean, there's a lot of writing, you know, whether you should do uh, endurance or heat or weightlifting, you know, I, I just say like, whatever thing you like to do, you <laughs> do that. Yes. <laughs> as, as long as it's physical activity, because the, most important thing is that you keep doing it. Yeah. If it's something that you don't like, you're not going to continue it. That's, mm. that's clear. I mm. mean, everybody knows that. And, and so, so find, find whatever suits you best and, and you can stick to it. You, you, you believe that, you know, it's not, uh, and, and start small, you don't, you don't have to take these huge goals first. Just, you know, if you haven't done anything for 10 years, then just be merciful for yourself. And, and because, all this, you know, if you accumulated a lot of fat on the belly and everything, you know, it, it didn't happen overnight either. Like mm. it, it took like maybe 10 years. So now mm. you have to also think like, okay, it will take some time to repair my body. But the body has a huge ability to repair itself unless it has, you know, the damage has gone too far. Then, mm. then you know, not, not, not everything can be repaired anymore. But but um, pre-diabetes, for example, is, is very much, you know, if you fix your lifestyle, starts with physical activity and, and then cleaning your diet, uh, you know, the gut microbiome has a huge role in your health and well-being. Everything from your thoughts and, and mood to, you know, this, this diabetic and, and, and uh, all sorts of other things, hormonal things in your body. Uh, try to eat like, uh, like real whole food. Not 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 prepackaged factory food, <laughs> mm. uh, but something that uh, you know if it comes without uh, wrapping, it's usually uh, a real whole food. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, and then like gradually start to you know replacing the things. Don't don't try to do this overwhelming 180 degrees shift. Uh, I mean, very rarely people can can succeed in those kind of changes. Mm. Um, bring these changes gradually and, and, and start where you think it's easiest for you. And, and then within a few weeks, it becomes like, oh, okay, I've always been doing this. This, this goes well. And, and leave the simple sugars out. 
refined carbohydrates, so white flour and uh, uh, table sugar, you know, mini- minimize those. A lot of vegetables. I, I think uh, this is, uh, everybody knows that vegetables are good. Yes. And, and, um, and especially drinks, I would say sugary drinks is something that I would advise not to, not to drink at all, like yeah. at all. If, yeah. if you can give that up, that is already a really big thing. Mm. especially sodas they also contain all kinds of other nasty things than just just sugar or or these artificial sweeteners they are not good for your gut microbiome and so there are these simple changes and then you know sleep habits try to get the you know seven to eight hours of sleep and and good quality sleep so you have to give up uh, you know watching the screens until the last minute before you go to bed this is not you know the the blue light from the screens just destroys your melatonin secretion in the brain. Melatonin is something that you need, to, it needs to go up and then you start feeling sleepy. So, and you know, like relaxation in the evening, some kind of rituals, um, you know, cool down your bedroom, all these typical things you can, everybody can Google like good tips for a good sleep. Yeah. But, but sleeping is really important for your uh, uh, overall health, for your brain health. Sleeping allows you uh, this repair mode in the body to happen and the stress to go down. The other thing is the, you know, fasting is something that also allows the body to go on the repair mode and all kinds of benefits that come, you know, the inflammation goes down, uh, insulin sensitivity goes up, <laughs> neural networks in your, in your brain, uh, you know, the neuroplasticity goes up and but but fasting is 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 is, um, is something that that may be difficult to start or or even the the idea of like being without food it may be uh, very scary for some people. Let let me put it this way: most of us modern day people we would probably survive a couple of weeks uh, very easily without food. Wow. <laughs> Can drink, so uh, actually we don't realize how much how much stored uh, stored fat we have, um, and fat is the stored energy. Um, and our bodies in the modern day lifestyle is just never because we eat too often, so we never really have to tap in those reserve stores that we have. So the humans in the evolution were designed to tolerate these these periods of famine survive them so and and the other way like you know when we found the food we would just you know eat as much as we could because we never knew when the next time comes but the thing is that when we experience this this fasting mode uh, we release so after about 12 to 24 hours depending on the person uh, the body starts to release ketone bodies and when when we don't eat uh, there's no insulin there's no glucose from the food so we have to uh, start using the the stored energy and and then we uh, start breaking down the fat tissue and the the liver actually prepares these ketone bodies uh, beta hydroxybutyrate and acetone other um, two um, uh, sorts of ketone bodies there's a third one I forgot the name and um and your brain can use uh, these ketone bodies as an er- energy and as well as all your other tissues as well. This mode that we're actually creating with the ketone bodies is, is very, uh, very much geared towards like repair and rejuvenation. Uh, we can recruit our stem cells from all the tissues to actually uh, repair the damages and, and clean up the body from everything that has been accumulated in the cells and, and, and tissues. So it's a very useful mode to have. I mean, the, the ketogenic diet is, is a bit same than, than fasting um, or actually the same than fasting because in ketogenic diet, you're not eating any carbohydrates. So you're keeping your uh, insulin very low and you're only burning fat for energy, either from your body or from the, the, from the um, food that you eat. Yeah, so... This intermittent fasting and and the benefits, it's it, as you ex- explain, is uh, are really fantastic now in many ways. So there are lots of different themes and trends. What how how to do it? And and you know, as we discussed earlier, there was there's this six hour that you eat six hours and rest of the time uh, you get your body to just kind of rejuvenate. Uh, you don't need drink or or eat 
uh, during the the rest of the time. So you know, there's that one, and then there is, uh, of course, that you fast one or two days per week or per month or even even in a year. So what are these things that you think someone who hasn't done it before? So what what's the best way to kind of start thinking of something like that? Okay, that I want to eat less and not six times a day. We don't need that much food, but and then I need to get get my body to some time to recover and 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 then start using these reserves that we have. I, I I do drink. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doing, yeah. You you please drink. Okay. Depending on the climate where you live, please drink. <laughs> yes. No food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No food. But I mean, you can drink everything that I mean, like a uh, water, uh, maybe coffee without any, or or coffee or tea without any any sugar, sweeteners, or or milk or anything like that. So there's no calories in those. I, again, I would not. I would never recommend anybody to drink sodas whatsoever. <laughs> mm, yeah. And um, what people may be very worried about is is this feeling of hunger. You can kind of first uh, train your body a little bit, like uh, you know, extending the the time between the meals if you if you want to experience that. Um, if you try to work towards that eight hour window during the day that you're only eating. Uh, just eating, start eating the breakfast a little bit later, and start or start eating the dinner earlier. So depending on you know where 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 it's more feasible for to do that for you, or just think like uh, skip one meal in a day. Just whatever meal you you feel more likely to be able to skip, you can you can start like that, and and then you can see that oh actually it's um, it wasn't that bad, and I survived, and and and, and not, no harm done, and then. But people like you, so people who, who never go to this fasting mode, they're never experiencing the 12 hour fast. Um, they always eat late in the evening and early in the morning. So, what happens with this when you are in this high glucose, low glucose uh, roller coaster, um, your feelings of hunger is, is much stronger. So, what comes with fasting, if, if you, uh, so you, you in this roller coaster, uh, a glucose roller coaster, um, uh, you are so-called like metabolically inflexible. You only have this mode with with, with uh, blood glucose providing you energy going up and down. When you get rid of that and can start using your stored fat as energy, you become metabolically flexible. So your body knows much easier. Um, uh, without too much difficulty to switch uh, between these um, uh, energy sources, whether your your food that you're eating or your uh, reserved uh, body fat. So this is the thing that you're aiming at to to kind of uh, get back to you, to your physiology. This this metabolic flexibility. So usually obese and diabetic people they they lack this flexibility. So it can take some time to to develop that flexibility to you to use the ketone bodies and, and the, the fat stores. And you can you can try to do like, you know, one day a week, uh, just <laughs> whichever, like again with the you know physical activity and diet, whichever way, as as long as you commit to it, you, you do it uh, what you want to do, you can start to extend the time between the meals or or uh, skip one meal or skip one day without food. Um, uh, whichever thing you can do, uh, you will s- soon start realizing that actually on this fasting mode, you do not feel hunger anymore. It, it just disappears. You, your cravings go away also. If you can wean yourself off sugar, for example, gradually, you, you, don't, you don't really miss sugary stuff anymore. You know, every, every time people start doing it, it's the same story. It's just because this, this huge sugar roller coaster uh, insulin pumping roller coaster disappears from your metabolism. the The body is uh, the glucose levels are are much more like a, 
like a baseline levels, insulin a baseline levels when you're uh, burning the ketone bodies for energy. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and 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 all the benefits that come to your microbiome with this fasting is 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 it's just fascinating. It also improves your digestive system a lot. Um, this is um, this is something that uh, people uh, often they they don't know, but the, they will encounter it once they start doing it. Yeah, that's amazing. Do you fast yourself? Yeah, I I, I try to eat uh, within an uh, eight or seven hour window every day yeah okay and i understand you have very healthy lifestyle yourself you exercise every day and and eat healthy food and you know, do the yeah, right things what yeah, do you yeah. teach <laughs> <laughs> yes yes I, i i i try to sleep enough and and uh exercise also uh you know the older i get i i really realize this the stress uh management is is very very important and uh the sort of uh some kind of a spirituality i mean these these are the components of the of the healthy longevity actually that that you that you also need uh need this uh, mindfulness and and uh, social relations and uh, all these kind of things um as, as a part of your life so how, however way people achieve them it's you know it's individual uh, whether you meditate or go to church or Uh, have a always have a group of friends that that you can share your uh, worries with and the, these are really really important things for for your health span mm. one of the podcasts i listened what where you um spoke, spoke about longevity and that there are these groups in the world group of people who live really healthy and long time and, yeah, and blue, zone, this, blue zone people yes so uh, there was one group in Okinawa and one in California and I mm-hmm. uh, can't remember the third one so can you Italy. tell us Italy. oh Italy that's right Sardinia so yeah, what's yeah, the yeah. secret of these l- people who live over 100 years and they're very happy and positive and, and healthy so there's blue zones in the world Okinawa in Japan and uh, Loma Linda in California also there's one place in Costa Rica Uh, and then Italy and uh, I think Greece is you know that the, they have the highest concentration of centenarians or people of 100 or, or above and uh, when researchers studied the, their lifestyle and, and these people the, there were some common themes in, in all these places so they no one is no one is like uh, physically inactive so they have these integrated you know phys- Physical activity is integrated in their daily lifestyle. I mean, they walk a lot. They do all kinds of chores, you know, gardening. Uh, I mean, they, they live like, you know, 100 years ago. <laughs> yes. So not not with that much of a help of, of, of modern, uh, you know, gadgets and, and all these things. So they not they don't do the exercise like we modern people do, like, you know, just go to the gym and, you know, yeah. three times a week. No, it's like... Um, They keep uh, they keep moving. Moving is the word. Like moving, um, fidgeting, uh, the whole day. And um, so you don't have to run marathons or 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 be a bodybuilder to to live to hundred. That's the message, I guess. Mm. And um, and then they eat mostly. Uh, you know, it's, it's plant, very heavy on plants and uh, plant protein. Uh, they do eat some animal protein, but uh, uh, moderate amounts, very uh, limited amounts in some cultures. And, uh, you know, then depending on the region, you know, it, it, like Okinawans, they eat these purple sweet potatoes and a lot. And uh, in Mediterranean diet, obviously, there's, uh, you know, olive oil and, and a lot of vegetables and fish. And, um, and then uh, Loma Linda, uh, these people... Uh, They are the Seventh-day Adventists, and this religious group actually fasts one day a week. All right. And, uh, and, and they, in, in California, they, if you compare the average age, um, uh, the lifespan of these, uh, these people, they live about 10, more, 10 or 11 more years than average Americans around that area. Right. So it's a huge difference. Yep. And they, they also, uh, so all these populations... They also spend time in nature, very close contact in nature. So the people in Loma Linda, they go on hikes and there's some, some mountains or, or, or hills nearby. And, and they really spend time in nature. So that's the, that's the thing. And, um, and or, you know, they have a garden that they, uh, 
they take care of. So there's this nature connection. And then uh, they have a very strong, you know, sense of community, sense of belonging. They have very... Purpose. Yeah, but, you know, purpose in life. They they have, a, you know, either family ties or, or a group of friends then from childhood. And and they, um, they really uh, in, enjoy the life in, in that sense that they... Nobody is alone, and I think the life is is very much stress free from a lot of things that we now have. I mean, technology have, has has brought us <laughs> many nice things, but in, in a way, it has also consumed us a lot. And stress stresses uh, is stressing. And uh, like you know, if you think about young people today, they're always on their phones and all this messaging and and uh, social media. I mean, is it really? connecting people or disconnecting people and mm. and uh and creating like virtual reality that has nothing to do with actual reality and, and actual yeah. life yeah i i guess these people that are now 100 years of age they they were living a very different kind of uh youth and uh, early days but um so that was one thing that uh that you need some or or, or part of this kind of healthy extended lifespan is is something that is spirituality or uh, or or some kind of uh i mean a lot, lot of these people they belong to certain religious group but um, it's not absolute necessity but but it can help in that that uh, also gives like a higher meaning and and things like that in uh, real good life these are all amazing amazing things and details and we, we there's a, you have given us so much to think about and uh, it's extremely interesting and it's absolutely amazing the work that you do now if we go back to your own career and and all these you've been living in very multicultural lives and 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 your was sort of a professional life and of course your your everyday life in in US and and in uh, Singapore so when you think about your finishness and your finished character and and your values and beliefs um how have they assisted or hindered in your in your in your journey? Okay, so my Finnish nature is very much. Uh, when I, when I was younger, I was very shy, very introvert. Um, <clears throat> you know, I was really really afraid of public speaking. So that was then obviously a huge cultural shock when I moved to United States. Um, you know, these people are you know small talk. I was. I was just, I, I didn't know how to do small talk or, you know, this Finnish, uh, I think, uh, characteristic is people are, you know, humble. I mean, it's all this humility that is there and, and, and trust. You never really brag about yourself. You always keep your promises, uh, your timetables. You, uh, I mean, you say what you think and you know, gender equality. I mean, there's all these things that you, you carry as the, <laughs> as your cultural heritage, no hierarchy, no titles, but then you go abroad and you realize like, oh yeah, these people are not from the same, <laughs> same <laughs> culture. And then you, like I, I first, I mean, when, when I was 17, I was, I spent a year in France when I was in high school. Um, I was an exchange student and I went to French high school, I lived in a French family. That was actually the very first time that I realized like, people can say things and be polite but they really don't mean it mm. and and they can you know the the notion of time was totally different i mean you had uh you were meeting somebody and then person comes like 40 minutes late and it's like nothing and i was like <laughs> what you, you're not going to apologize <laughs> yeah. and and um and then in the u.s it was all this like you know you you have to be able to you know brag about yourself a little bit, promote yourself. There's no space for introverts. You have to be extrovert. Um, and the small talk that, that doesn't mean anything. And mm. uh, and you always have to be smiling, you know, whatever cashier in the grocery store, like always smiling, how can I help? And what are you like? It, 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 it was like, they, I felt first like they're intruding my privacy. Like, I don't mm. want to tell them how I'm feeling. <laughs> and I honestly, honestly thought that, you know, that why are they asking, like, should I really say that if I had a bad day? <laughs> I, and and it, it was a huge learning curve for me. And um, I, I learned also the lesson that, um, you know, you cannot really talk about religion. You cannot touch politics. I mean, these are the big no-no areas. You can talk about weather, 
uh, that's like uh, non-sensitive to anybody. Yes. And um, and then really this this being like uh, straightforward and um, uh, saying what you think in 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 U.S. it was a bit bit easier. Um, what they're like, you know, one one first encounter with this gender equality. I, I remember being shocked also because um, when we first moved there, and uh, then my husband. So he was uh, he had a faculty position, so he was professor there when, like, he, for his position we, uh, was professorship, and and then we got invite invitation to some of these like faculty evening party meeting, whatever it was, and. And on the letter of invitation, it says that Mr. and Mrs. Jussi Keppo. I'm, like, I'm not Mrs. Jussi Keppo. My name is Mina Ehrman and I'm the doctor. Ehrman. And I was, I was so mad. I still remember, like, how can, how can they just, like, come on. I have, like, two doctors in mm. my title. And, mm. and, and it was like, I'm so this, this kind of rage that I felt like I'm just <laughs> defined by my heart, like even not my husband that time, yes. he was just my, you know, common law spouse. But uh, obviously we had to get married later because we applied for green card and, and I could only be included in his green card application if we were married. So I had to write this letter like, yes, we will get married. And <laughs> yes. So this was the other one thing that it was very traditional culture in the sense mm. that in Finland, you don't have to get married. You have the same rights, you know, even if you have kids and so all these things. And then um, I, but I guess, you know, hardworking, humble, uh, you know, keep your words, keep your promises, keep your timetables. This is good everywhere. Yeah. You know, people who value this, that that's universal. I yeah. would say, I would say that, you know, you, you get forward with that. And then, um, even even if you, but you know, it would be helpful if you can brag about yourself and promote yourself. But uh, then that's another thing. Yeah. Um, then I think in Singapore, Asia, um, it was then again like huge throwback to you know hierarchy, huge traditions, you know, religion always behind everything, like defining you as your, you know, cultural beliefs, everything, um, gender, uh, and 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 then. Then all these additional things like uh, no open confrontation. You you cannot. Uh, you really have to watch what you're saying so that the other one will not lose his or her face uh, or feel uncomfortable. And and uh, and then this thing like with the, like I call it the Asian stone face that you cannot really tell by looking at them. Like what do they really think? Yeah. Of you or the matter. Yes. And 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 they just don't express any kind of uh, emotions and 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 uh, and especially if, if if they're people that are like their boss and they're like lower rank, then then they never would say anything uh, against the boss or the higher authority. And but 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 then again, I think in Asia the similarities with Nordic is that. Um, it's it's not superlative culture like the U.S. culture. Everything is the world's best and, mm. and and you know biggest. And so here it's more like you know Finnish. Like it's not that kind of a huge praise and bragging. And and, yep. and they also feel a little bit uncomfortable if you start like praising somebody and and thanking like a a lot. So they're more humble in that sense. Yes, it? like like Finnish people are. Yes, but then this trust and honor. Of, that's that's another story like uh, <laughs> yeah I know what you mean <laughs> yeah it's it's for for us I think one thing that I love uh, being a Finn uh, is that life is so much more easier it's not too complex oh yeah what you say you deliver you know uh, and you can trust and you can rely yeah. on people uh, and I remember you know started working overseas and it was a huge shock to realize that people don't operate like we do and don't think like we do, that you can't trust people and mm-hmm. and they don't deliver and there's this kind of, not this transparency of things. And I find it extremely disappointed and frustrated and, and, and kind of, it's too, it makes your life so complex. Uh, anyway, that's what I love about, about being, being a Finn. But, you know, also you have to be, diplomatic when you are cross-cultural and you can't 
Yeah, yeah. Say I, things I, too totally... directly, and you know, I have been so many times in so much in trouble because I say what I think. <laughs> I've learned my lesson for sure. Yeah. Like <laughs> different parts of the world, and and when one 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 more thing, like you know, the about my Finnishness or or Finnish heritage, and and there is this talk, this love of nature. I just really really miss being alone in nature. You know, you know like this Finnish like. The population density in Finland, like no one actually believes it when I explain. Like this is like the Finland is size of Peninsular Malaysia mm. or or something like this, and then mm. only five million people, so like the same amount than is Singapore population, but <laughs> stretched over the whole yes. <laughs> Peninsular Malaysia. So so this is that you know I really love the vacation. Uh, in Finland, I can go to summer cottage, uh, just be there, like far away from people, yes. and 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 in the middle of nature, just you know, by myself with my family only, or or kids and my mother, or something like this. And then it it, it really is relaxing. I really really need this nature connection and yeah. and the peace and quiet and and just just away from like this this kind of a thing like isolation and this this is very typical of, of Finnish people that they do value their own uh it's not loneliness but uh, yeah. the solitude is, yes. is I think uh, that um we we don't need to we're not that extrovert that we need the extra energy from other people and hasabas and you know I, I guess in Asian countries are so uh all densely populated and and, and it's just these people they grow up in very very different kind of environment and culture mm. that so that that's that's one of the and and the you know of course the four seasons you know now in the tropics it's a this is a boring like hell it's the same brother every day yes <laughs> yeah i don't i don't see myself retiring here so um i eventually find myself in with four seasons again yes and also like with our four seasons it's just it's it's not just the climate because it's the whole traditions that go with the seasons you know the things we do and celebrate and eat and um you know there's so much the whole being part of the society and and kind of like a culture that um you know is part of that whole whole um four seasons that's that's what i miss here a lot you know And, and we try to create some traditions but it's not it's not the same, but yeah, yeah, that's um, that's I I do miss that as well. It's been absolutely amazingly interesting and fascinating to talk to me, and I'm so uh, impressed by what you do, and it it's so fantastic the work you do and that knowledge that you share, and I really appreciate that you took this time to um, talk to us, also really inform us about these issues and what we can do to live a much more you know, healthier and better life. So thank you so much. And um, I hope we can catch up again uh, in, in in somewhere in the future. Uh, and when you discover something, a new amazing thing again. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Yes. Okay. Thanks, Mina. Don't forget to follow and subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. I would appreciate if you would leave rating and review. You can also follow Nordic Insights on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening. Boy Huvin Hadesopra, take care.